Good evening, everyone. I can't... Um, my show may not last long because it dropped me like six times while I was waiting for it to start. So uh, if it if I drop unexpectedly, that will be why. And um, sorry in advance. Um, tonight's question comes from YM Ferry, and she says, he or she says, I'm not sure, she, um, in a podcast I listened to recently, you said something along the lines of that you don't write something if you don't know how it'll end. Does that mean you've had ideas that didn't go beyond the plotting stage? Because you didn't have an ending in mind. Absolutely. I have whole notebooks dedicated to ideas that will never go anywhere. I mean, they're just they're just sitting there in a notebook. Um, I used to uh, write down story ideas in um, composition notebooks, and they're about a hundred pages a piece. And I've got, um, well, they're fifth. It'd be fit. Um, it's a hundred sheets, two hundred pages, and I would dedicate one sheet to a story idea. And I've got six of them that are full. They're just completely full, and they're sitting on a stack on my shelf. And sometimes if I'm um, trying to figure out what I'm going to write, I will browse through them. And they're separated by um, genre. So I, this is my suspense ideas. These are my science fiction ideas. These are my historical ideas. And um, I'll go through them and see if there's anything I'm you know, interested in writing. And um, usually each idea is basically um, a one-page summary and some, of, and some of them don't have titles. Some of them are just a series of questions. What if, what if, what if, what if, across the board. And I have six six of those um, currently. Um, I opened up a fresh notebook the other day because I filled up the sixth one. Um, and I also have one dedicated to fandom, and it's full too. In fact, my new notebook that I um, started is a fandom notebook. So um, I have upwards... And sometimes, of course, you know, when I complete one or I start plotting an idea, I'll, you know, mark an X through it. So I've probably got between three and 500 ideas that I don't know where they're ever going to go. Is that ridiculous? That's probably ridiculous. But then I also have close to 100 works in progress. So um, I regret nothing. <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend I do. I uh, I think that... um. I've been writing for a very long time, and so I never get to the writing stage until I know where I'm going to end, because I plot, and I'm a plotter, and I've been plotting the same way since I was, um, I don't know, 13 or 14 years old. I mean, in, in one variation or another, I've been basically, I've had the same process since I was 13 or 14 years old, so I've been, I've been writing for a very long time, um, I'm very entrenched in my process and, and how I go about doing things. And this is my research stage, and this is where I build characters, and this is my external plot, and this is my internal plot, and this is how I'm going to do this, blah, blah, blah. Which is why um, you will probably never see a pantsing challenge on Rough Trade because I would fail miserably at pantsing. I, I do not do well when I try to pants. Um, it just will never work out. That's just not something that I can accomplish with any kind of skill. I don't, I just, I really don't do well when I don't have a plan. I have to have a plan. And then I have to follow the plan. And if I don't follow the plan, then everything just falls apart and it's bullshit and I hate it. And I don't, <laughs> it's just, 
huh. that's just the way it is. That I mean that is literally the way it is. And so I uh that's just me and that's just how I work. And um this question really isn't big enough for a whole show, is it? That that's that's a problem. Okay, what's the rest of the question? I've had two ideas that I've never developed beyond the initial concept because I had no clue what the ending would be and did not feel comfortable starting something that didn't have an end. I totally agree. I I, I really don't feel comfortable starting something until I know how it's going to end Um, because it's... What happens is, is is if you don't know how you're going to end, you just end up meandering through a story and, and then, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then there was a body, and then this happened, and there was another body, and all of a sudden one of your characters just turned into a serial killer, and that's not what you intended. Probably. And so, you know, it just becomes bleh, and you don't, you don't know what to do with it, and you're, and you're stuck with it, and um, so no, I... I have to know where I'm going, and I have to know how I'm going to get there. Um, and one way, yeah, Jilly just said in the chat room, that one of the things you can do is brainstorm with another writer. So if you are stuck with an idea and you don't know where it's going to go, um, engage another writer in a conversation and say, hey, this is my idea, and this is you know where I think I want to go. And then just... Any writer worth their salt will have ten questions for you right off the bat. <laughs> you know, well, what's going to happen here? Well, who's he going to fall in love with? Is he going to fall in love with anybody? Is there going to be a bad guy? Who's the bad guy? <laughs> you know, because if you tell me an idea, I immediately have, like, a whole bunch of questions to ask you. What are you going to do with this? Are you going to address this? Are you going to ignore this? Well, how is that going to work? That's just the way my mind goes, and that's the way a, a writer's mind works. So if you're um, in a situation where you can have a conversation with another writer, it's going to develop ideas. I mean, you're going to expand on, on what you're writing um, in a very natural way. And I think <clears throat> that's the best way to do it because when you can create for yourself a process that feels natural, um and and you don't feel like you're forcing yourself through um a series of steps to get to the point where you can write that you're you're just going to have a better time and the more engaged you are and the more entertained you are by your own process the more you're going to write um because if i could give a writer any piece of advice even if you intend to make money off of it don't treat writing like a job I've done that in the past. I treated writing like a job, and it it came precariously close to ruining it for me. So I think that in order to keep your joy for writing, that you must always protect it and never treat it like a job. Even if you regiment out your time, say, so I'm going to write three hours today, never approach it like it's a task, like it's a job you have to complete, like, because um, it'll just, it just, it'll just suck all the joy out of it, and then you won't even, um, you won't even know what to do with yourself with it, and then, and, and then you'll start to hate it, and you'll hate sitting down at your computer, and you'll hate just the idea of writing, and and you don't want to get there. I was I, I was in that place for like two or three years, and it was damaging because I didn't want to write, and I began to resent 
the urge to write because I've always been a writer. I've always kind of told stories. And so when I had that urge to write, I would actively resent myself for it. So don't force yourself into to a box, whether it's um, a professional box or any other kind of box, which is why I think it's really important when you're working on your ideas that there comes a point when um, you must write for yourself and not for somebody else, which is why I think it's, oh God, I get so worried about writers in fandom who constantly ask their readers for um, plot points and advice. I think to myself, oh, what are you doing to yourself? You are, you are setting yourself up. You need to stop. You don't know what you're doing. You, you're deeply, you're going to really regret what you're doing someday. And But I, I can't say that, and I don't say that. And I just, I just, I can't even look at it. I just walk away because I can't. Um, I do think that's damaging. I, I think that as... Um, a writer you have to invest yourself in your work and when you allow others too much input into your creative process it's corrupting and corrosive and you you get to the point where you know you're not sure what to write it's like you're asking permission to do your own writing and um that's just not good. <sighs> but that's just my opinion. That's you know, it's, uh, I am very fucking entertained. Um, it's just that you have to. Um, I don't know. Just just don't force yourself to to write a story you're not ready to write. And and if you don't know the ending. And, and you're someone who needs to know the ending be, um, before you get started, then you're simply not ready to write that story, and it might it might never come. Just just put it down in a notebook somewhere, like you know my notebooks. I got a whole stack of them, um, and maybe maybe one day that idea will will spark something, and you'll write something awesome, or it'll just sit in that notebook to the day you die. Either way, it's your idea, and you can do with it what you want. You can write it or not. It is entirely up to you. Do your thing and keep it close. Don't give it away. <laughs> Unless you really think you'll never ever write it. Don't don't give it away. Just just keep it for yourself. And and maybe one day it'll spark something and it'll be interesting and it'll be fun and um That's all God said about that. That was like a Forrest Gump moment. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> Are you talking about the one that I gave, the, that bunny I gave you, Senna? That I gave you? Oh, well, you can have that bunny. I gave it away. That's your bunny. That is totally yours. Um, sometimes when you're when you're chatting with other writers, you'll... Um, come across ideas and that's not quite the same thing as what I was talking about and then you know there was that one time I I kind of dive bombed farm bunnies on Facebook and then walked away <laughs> you gotta walk away quick over there you gotta walk away because 
one of the things that I see um, happening is sometimes in in the past. <laughs> I did not. It's more like a surface to air missile, or kind of whatever. You know, don't don't get mad. <laughs> But um, I think that uh, uh, sometimes when when you have an idea and you and you do share it and you do give it away, well, like I did, um, sometimes you don't want to know the results. Sometimes it's like mm, I don't know what. That's why while I would be really flattered if someone wrote fan fiction about something um, that I created, I'm not sure I could read it because. You know, I'm sure J.K. Rowling, um, can you just imagine how she would feel with some of the things that happen in the Harry Potter fandom if she actually read them? Some of the things we do to her characters. I mean, just think about it. Just think about it if that was your character. How would you feel t- to see that happening to, 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 to a character you nurtured and created in your own mind and put her down on paper and then all of a sudden the entire fandom is... Turning her into a potion rapist. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just, I mean, I would never. Oh my god, I would just be so upset. I would be so upset. There's no way I could read it. There's no way I could read it. Um, but um, but then you know sometimes like I. I really enjoy the spinoffs that um, that have happened of Ties That Bind um, that are part of my universe, that I've declared part of my universe. And, um, and you know, it's you're always like, mm, do I read that? Do I, do I read that? I'm going to read that. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, I wish I hadn't read that. <laughs> what was I thinking? Oh. <laughs> But yeah, because I did encounter something in my email once that I was like, "Oh, I can't. I'm so sorry I read that. I am so fucking sorry I read that. I can't. What? No, I'm. Oh. I'm gonna tell you something else. Um, if you borrow my character Matt Shepard and you're mean to him in any single way, I'm gonna hate you for the rest of your life. I'm just saying, I'm I'm never going to like you. <laughs> I'm not. That's just the way it's going to be. I I'm not gonna like you. You can't mess with Maddie. <laughs> just he really can't. You can't do anything bad to him. Cause I will hate you. <laughs> Rogue says in the chat room, we all hate that person. Okay. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about then. But no, I mean, if somebody else did it, I would hate them too. I mean, there, there's no there's no end to that. There's no boundary there. Um, just just don't treat Matt Shepard badly if, if you borrow him. And you can borrow him. You just have to treat him with with a great deal of fucking respect. I'm just saying. I'm saying. Anyways, so sometimes you have and you you've been evaluated 
reminded me of that scene in um, that movie with Heath Ledger. You have been judged, you have been weighed, and you have been found wanting. <laughs> A Night's Tale, yeah. I'm not sure if that's the exact quote, but um, <laughs> that's what popped into my head. <laughs> Anyways... The things that happen in the chat room. Someone said to me recently that listening to the podcast um, without the chat room makes the podcast less fun. I'm sorry if if that's true. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Asher says, if you borrow one of us for your story, ask, treat us well, and remember, I have fantastic tits. I do too. I I have great ones. They're nice. Yeah, I've always, I mean, I've pretty much always had them since I was like 15. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm sporting a double D over here. Yeah, I'm just, that's just what I got. I'm sure your handful is awesome, Senna. I'm sure. What I would say is if you are listening to the podcast, at the bottom of each podcast, there is a comment section. So you could comment on the things that I'm saying um, if you're logged into Facebook. I think those comments are connected to Facebook. I don't know. Anyways, um, sorry if the podcast isn't as entertaining if you don't have the chat room. Anyways, uh, that's, I've exhausted the topic. I, I don't know, um, <laughs> which one are you, Senna? Just give me the first three numbers. Oh. It's the sun, minions. <laughs> you know, I always saw I sound like a little girl on the phone until I heard you. And you know, every time I see a comment from you online, I hear your voice in my head. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and it's especially funny when you're saying cunt because say it. Cunt, 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 cunt. There we go. <laughs> no, wait, wait. I have to say it right. Cockling okay. thunder cunt. There we go. There we go. The whole one. There we go. Billy Bean asked for it, too. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you doing? Uh, Drinking a beer that's 11.7% APR. (laughs) How many of those have you had? Uh, I actually just finished the last quarter of my growler, which is like half a gallon. So... I don't know what a quarter of a half gallon is, but uh, I'm drunk, so. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh, it's Zach's first time hearing me. Oh, honey, you need to go back and listen to some of the other podcasts. Wow, we (laughs) caught Zach's cherry. I'm okay with that. Yeah. (laughs) How was it for you, baby? (laughs) Better have been good, because I'm already smoking. (laughs) I need a cigarette. (laughs) 
I need a cigarette before anybody yells at me, because I know some of you are going to bitch about the fact that I have asthma and I'm smoking. It's an e-cig. <laughs> Calm your tits. So ah, apparently we so had 1.5 beers-ish. That are 11.7% alcohol per volume. Which is about, like, what, three or four times what the average beer is supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm going to know okay. that if I drank that, I would be passed out right now. I'm honestly lucky that I'm not. I'm going to be perfectly, I'm going to be totally honest with everybody, because I've eaten enough calories today, but none of it was carbs until my ramen just now. So. <laughs> because there was a time when I made every effort to pickle my liver um, in college. So, um makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hobby in college. Anyways, but now I don't drink, so a beer would, a regular beer would put me on my ass. I'd be tipsy as fuck. But if I just drank what you drank, I would be in my bed. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. I haven't been drinking that much, especially when they put me on the hydrocodone for my wrist because I wasn't allowed to drink on top of that with the steroid yeah. injections and that. Yeah, they yeah. told me I couldn't. So this yeah. is the first, like, legit beer I've had in probably about a month and a half. And I'm, I will say, I'm kind of impressed I'm not slurring completely right now. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest, because I should be. I can't take hydrocodone, so they have to give me Oxycontin. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't take it. I'm allergic to it. Um so the first time um, when I had my last surgery, I had um, they sent me a pain prescription home, and I got like ten um, oxycotton. And I'm like, I don't even know. Um, I'll take one. So I took one. Two days later, <laughs> I mean, I don't remember a damn thing. I don't remember anything. My husband could have done anything to me, and I would not have remembered it. But unfortunately, See, that's the great part about no, I. I was totally, uh, you know, like I had stitches and shit, so. Um, but the funny thing was, he said I barely slept. Really? I watched TV. I was all chatty and shit, and I took a shower. Nessie, I don't remember any of it. <laughs> we, Nessie, that's funny, because when you, well, it's not funny, but when your foot was broke, you slept most of the time. I did, but I didn't get Oxycontin either. I got something else. Well, that's true. Um, I got like, it was basically Tylenol 3. Oh, okay. Did yeah, they look this one with the codeine in it? Maybe. I don't remember. I mean, but it was just basically, I mean, I could have gotten it over the counter. I mean, it, it, yeah. it wasn't anything so serious. But that Oxycontin, ooh, it was like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I, I have had oxycotton and I don't like it because no, it, I don't either. I, I, like, um, I flush the rest of them because I just uh uh-uh. I don't understand um, people getting addicted to that shit because it wasn't I even don't a like good the high. blackout. I don't I like mean, the blackout. I want to be right. able to remember. If it was a good high, I don't remember it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Asher says I did chat with him after my last surgery. I totally did. I can go back and I'll. You did. 
when was I on Facebook? And I had no memory of it. So um, I no, think it, I remember you saying something about royal story then too. Your your addiction. Yeah, my addiction. I I, I do right. You were yelling at me about the trees. I didn't have any trees. So I printed like fifteen. I didn't have. I needed <laughs> fucking trees. Come on. That's why I planted them. <laughs> I need fucking trees. I still need fucking trees. Right now, I need fucking cherry trees because I'm supposed to like harvest 15 of them. It's ridiculous. Anyways, oh, you know what's really know. shitty go is if you have thing. a greenhouse and you stick your trees in the greenhouse. When people visit your farm, they can't fucking farm the trees in the greenhouse. All right, that's bullshit. That's it some grade bullshit. A bullshit. Anyways, that's my don't put your fucking rare trees out. in the greenhouse. Life yeah, don't yeah, don't put lesson. your rare trees and yeah, just you know leave one out so that you know I have something to farm. Damn it, or a couple, <laughs> just something. By the way, I would trees. like to say a yeah, special thank you to Dawn for leaving her little ire dragon up for me on Dragon Vale because I still haven't gotten him, but I can <laughs> still try for him. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, she okay. did. She went through all that trouble just to put him up for me. Because I want him because he's like this little red angry ball of hate. And I'm like, I need that dragon. <laughs> <sighs> oh, the worst relaxant I've ever been on was Oxycontin. i become Jello Rogue. Like, legit, they were laughing at me the last time I was on it. <laughs> I think the worst medication experience I ever had was Ambien. I don't think they sell that. Well, I mean, I know they stopped selling it over the counter before I was able to get it. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm a baby. I know. I know. Ambien. <laughs> they don't. They stopped selling Ambien? It, they sell it, but it's not over the counter anymore. I don't think, anyway. I've never seen it anywhere over the counter. I don't think it was ever over the counter because it's a heavy duty. Um, my sister took. Uh... <laughs> Gilly just said I did my taxes on Ambien. They were very wrong. I bet they were. My sister <laughs> took Ambien and had visual hallucinations. Unisom can do that to you if you take more than the recommended daily dose. Don't ask why I know. Just know that I know. And when I took Ambien, I had auditory hallucinations. My doctor, I told her, I said, I can't take Ambien ever again because she'd given me a sample. I said, so we'll try yeah. the Lunesta. And she said, well, what symptoms did you have with Ambien that you know make you not want to try it? And I said, well, one of two things happened. Either Ambien lowered my inhibitions and I was able to hear dead people talk, or I had an auditory <laughs> hallucination. I kind of wouldn't mind talking to the dead. I could ask Marilyn some questions. (laughs) And my sister saw people walking past her bedroom for hours. Um, Okay, so I'm not going to say how much I took (laughs) because I forgot. I forgot until later. All right. I I honestly I had forgotten how much that I had already taken it like two or three times because I was just that sick. Um, so that being said, uh, I, I do a lot of abstract painting and a lot of it is patterns. 
And when those patterns start moving, that that's when you know that there's something wrong. <laughs> um, do not take more than the recommended at most two Unisom in a 24-hour period of time. I don't care what size you are. I promise you it will affect you if you've ever been affected by any any drugs. You're technically only supposed to take one. Um, mm-hmm. I figured two <laughs> was mean, a safe dose. How many did you take? <sighs> Damn you, you did ask. Okay, um, please keep in mind that I was really sick at the time and tired, so I kept forgetting that I was taking it. I ended up taking, like, probably 10 just because I kept forgetting. You remember when I was having all those memory problems right before I went to the doctor to try and find out what was wrong? Yeah. That was the indicator to me that I needed to go because I didn't realize how many I had taken until I counted them later. One thing that I do is that um, I get migraines, and when I get migraines, um, I'll take more medication than I should, or I have. I know, really. <laughs> and I know. And so what I so what I do is um, that I'll take my medication, and then I will give it to my husband and say, "I've taken this, this, and this. Don't let me have any more." <laughs> you know, because, and I also well, see, don't and that's the thing. See with Mm. I don't keep my migraine medication with my other medications, so I have to go get it. And yeah. I've also been known to stick a post-it on it and say, you, you you took this already. You took it at this date, this time. Um, because now see, migraine, that makes sense to me. When you have a migraine, it's really difficult to keep track. And it's really easy. I once took three Imitrex. Oh, my God. And I know mm. I took three because I only had three left, and I was doing my refills, and I picked the bottle up, and it was empty, and I was like, I've only had one, oh my God, I took three Imitrex in this, probably within a three or four hour period. And it's terrifying when you realize, right? Because you're just like, holy fucking shit, how did I let this happen? Which is why when I see somebody like who accidentally overdosed on prescription medication because they were sick, it totally makes sense to me how that can happen. Because you exactly. don't, you, you lose track. You literally lose track. You're just so tired. Like you can't thinking. even, like you can't function. So, yeah, my husband I mean, I totally does actually keep track for me now, though, because but, of that. Yeah. Because I was so but, scared yeah. when it happened. I called him when he was in if fucking Florida. If you're alone, put a post-it note on it. That's what I do. Oh, I will that come might, on. I didn't even that think way about I won't it. accidentally take it again. Because um, I did take three Imitrex in between, I don't know, three and four hours. <sighs> but yeah, Imitrex isn't a pain medication. Imitrex is a... Um, an anti-inflammatory? Yeah. Because I will say another thing about taking... You have to take a pain medication with it. Anyways. I will say this about taking the Unisom. You realize after a little while that you've taken more than you're supposed to because you can feel your heart rate slow. That was my indicator to me, which is why I called my husband because I was, I was genuinely scared. I did actually make myself get sick just because I was so afraid. Which, honestly, I talked to my doctor about it later, and she said was probably what kept me from having to be admitted to the emergency room. That, that's so, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, 
it's it's more than a normal sleeping pill anyway because normally they're only 25 milligrams, but one yeah. Unisom is 50. Yeah. So you're only supposed to take a set amount in a 24-hour period of time. You're only supposed to take one, but sometimes I take two if I know that there's no fucking way I can sleep with how bad my wrist is hurting. I don't take it anymore because of that. I, I actually switched to something else that's over the counter that you don't have to worry about. It's open, you know, but... Um, like I said, Julia, you either Julia says put a post-it on her or be careful. Yeah, definitely. Julie says in the chat room that oral Imitrex makes her queasy. I don't actually know if Imitrex makes me queasy because migraines make me nauseous. <laughs> yeah. So I'm already there before I take Imitrex. And I get the halo and the light sensitivity and um, the sound sensitivity. The worst migraine I ever had. My husband takes me to the emergency room because he thought I was having an aneurysm. And was um, that the get... was that the time that uh, Chicklet Ryder was with you? No, no. Okay. Um, and I went in and I was in there and there was this kid a couple of cubicles down, and all it was between us was a couple of curtains, right? And this kid apparently had yeah. broken something and it was screaming. <laughs> and I turned to my husband. I said, "Can you go kill that kid?" And I meant it. <laughs> and the nurse said, I'll be right back with your shot. And she went and she came back within like two minutes with a shot of morphine, which she injected into my butt. And she says, you just, you relax, sweetheart, and do not move. <laughs> she turns around, don't let her move. Because don't you let her move because if she kills that kid, I'm calling the cops and telling them it was her. <laughs> I was fucking serious, but I also told him the well, turn I mean, TV off in the waiting like room. That. The, the waiting room, the, the TV was turned all the way down. I mean, it was like on zero, and um, I said, yeah. it's too loud. Turn it off. Turn it off. It's just too loud. And the actual TV functioning was so loud, it was like thunder in my ears. I mean, it was just, uh. it was agonizing. But yeah, I don't, I don't get those often anymore. Um, the older I get, the less severe my migraines are. But they've always been connected with my my, my menstrual cycle. So I think yeah. the, uh, the closer I get to menopause, the less severe it is. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Which honestly, I can't see. That's the thing. My, I'm. I had to remember not to say her name for a second, so I'm sorry if I bleep myself out a couple of times. It's just I've known her forever, so it's real, and this is personal. She's not going to care that I'm telling you guys, but um, so one of one of my friends had really, really, really bad migraines in high school, like yours. Um, they found out later that it's actually connected to her endometriosis because she has a severe case of it. Like they thought that she wasn't ever going to be able to have kids. Well, I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. That might be part of it then. Yeah. I have never really heard it discussed in media. Um, PCOS, you know, beyond health stuff, like, you know, on shows and stuff. And the one time I see PCOS, in a TV show, the girl who has it's a, a killer, a serial killer on Criminal Minds. Ah, oh, are you fucking? Wow, <laughs> like, wait a fuck you guys. <laughs> but on yeah. the other side of it, 
when you have PCOS, I also have PMDD, which is yeah. which is uh, what, what what do you call it? It's a post oh, I don't disorder. Um, I take a um, I take a, an antidepressant for my PMDD, um, and we know it's working because I don't have the urge to kill anybody, for real. But I mean, I, I mean, I know this is going to sound terrible, but I mean that's that's a good thing that you know that it's working, even if it's that severe of an indicator. At least you know the medication is working. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Yeah, That's I, I, I need something to chill me out. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, because about four days before my period, I have to make a list of reasons not to kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you had the self-awareness enough to like be that honest with your doctor. She said, out of curiosity, what's number one on your list? I said, poor internet in prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How would you like to try Lexapro? <laughs> I'm okay with that. Whatever works. Just find me something. So three months later, she asked me how that's working. I said, I haven't had a homicidal urge in months. We're, we're good. <laughs> we're golden. But, but when you have PMDD, the hormones hit you so fast. It is nauseating. And... In, oh, that in doesn't just, like the it's nauseating anyway, thing, but that is the least little thing will make you so furious. I mean, just like my husband could walk across the room and it would be infuriating. Like, how fucking dare you walk across the room? <laughs> it was just like Ah, uh, it's one of those moments where you're like, No, really, I am gonna stab you in the face. I I really can't leave my house right now. <laughs> and even, of course, even now, um, my um, I do have what you might consider an attitude problem. And it does get worse when I'm getting close to menstruation. So I can always tell when I'm getting ready. Because I'll be like, I can't fucking, I'll cuss somebody out like that. <laughs> I don't think I personally would find it an attitude problem. But that's because I have a special one all my own. I mean, really, mom did yell at me for encouraging your gun violence. <laughs> me? Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> um, Karen and I aren't allowed to be left alone together ever. If there are um, stupid people I don't around. actually have gun violence. I've never fired my oh, husband wow. at somebody. Yeah. Um, sometimes target practice is really, really fun. Oh, Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have told three different people in the last month that I do have a weapon. <laughs> yeah, but that's but I not wasn't it's threatening that you're last not wielding guy. it at them. Right. This last this I was sitting in the parking lot and my doors were locked and this dude knocks on my window, so I rolled down just a little bit so I could hear him. I said, Can I help you? He said, ma'am, you shouldn't sit in your car. It's dangerous. I said, well, it's okay. I have a gun. I rolled my window back up. <laughs> and he, he backed away from the car with his hands in the air. <laughs> Good idea, dude. Good idea. I oh, Okay, honestly, when someone tells me something like that, it instantly makes me think, well, why are you worried about it? Are you planning on doing something? And if so, let me just tell you right now, 
I will assault you before I let you hurt me. You will go down. It's weird, right? I'm on, I'm on, okay. Yeah. Here's something that's really um and it's all my unicorn's fault. <laughs> I have I to love say my that. <laughs> because she I did not know investigation discovery existed. Because I really don't pay attention. I have never to, seen like, this. I don't pay attention to, to stuff on TV much anymore, right? So she yeah. mentioned that she's been binge-watching Investigation Discovery. And I'm like, what's Investigation Discovery? damn you both. And it is 24 hours a day of real crime. I have been binge-watching the fuck out of Investigation Discovery. Why? I, forensic files and real detectives and homicide and killing mm. fields and Serial killers just twenty four seven. As ooh, a result, ooh. I haven't got to see Killing Fields yet. Was the series oh. premiere as good as it looked? It was better. God damn it! Now I'm gonna have okay. to watch it. And I anyway. have a DVR. This is a problem. Sorry, it is, it's a real problem. <laughs> um. Anyways, what bothers me is now when you know. If you're a Criminal Minds fan, you know that sometimes you come across somebody you think to yourself, oh, my God, that's a serial killer. Now, the problem with Investigation Discovery is they (laughs) highlight just regular, everyday, your neighbor could be a killer kind of thing, right? Uh So you're looking at your neighbors like, are you a fucking psycho? Or am I the fucking psycho? Somebody on the street's a fucking psycho. Oh, maybe it's me. (laughs) God damn it. Bubbles. I Bubbles hope, is a psycho. I hope I'm the fucking psycho. <laughs> that I'm telling I'm you, crazy. it's Bubbles. Even if all Bubbles you is a psycho. <laughs> Bubbles is a psycho. You'll be like out in public and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, is that a mass shooter? Is that a gun? What's he going to do? You got 911 <laughs> dialed up on your phone just in case you could push the button. I mean, it just makes you paranoid right. as fuck. You already got a CP trying to do that shit to you with the grocery store. I have not he's... been to the grocery store by myself <laughs> until today. But binge watching Criminal Minds when I left the house. Oh. But it was daylight. <laughs> it, it, okay. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, People get kidnapped in daylight. Don't tell him I said that. Please, God, don't tell him I said that. He'll never let you have the house by yourself again. He was um, uh, watching the Anthrax episode. And, uh, oh. But I he still, comes upstairs. I still want to know when he, he watches says, the doll one. He says, women are evil. I said, what type of criminal minds are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> Which one was he watching? <laughs> Is it the doll <laughs> He has no idea. He's not seen the doll episode yet. And he said he he told me it was that scene where Emily had got that guy in the bar, and he she brought her prey. Oh, over I love that! Because he was an FBI agent, and they asked to see his badge and his gun. He's like, "Oh, I can't yep. take that." And he goes, "Then they mean like, oh, you mean like this?" And they showed theirs. But what I, I really love that one about Emily's. Um, response to this situation and she could have kept that fun all to herself but she's a true friend she brought that asshole over to them <laughs> so they could all free enjoy it together and that ladies is a good friend that's how you troll that's how you troll the woman the woman that trolls with friends is a true friend and you need to keep that bitch a selfish troll is never okay but he thought that was evil 
I said, oh, you haven't even got Let started. Up your font. That's it's not tiny. evil. You don't even know. Because <laughs> he hasn't gotten <laughs> yet. Um, so, he recently watched the episode with Jason Alexander in it. So, that's what season he's on. Oh, which one is that? Hold on. The one where his brother's a serial killer and he ruined... It's a Rossi episode as well, so... See, I don't care for... I, I. I don't care for Rossi as much as I like the other ones, so I, his episodes I don't have. I see, oh my I, God, I remember that one. I hated it. Oh, that that one terrified me. That the one fucking terrified ratio, me. Is that, is that what it was? Um, uh, but, um, I didn't like Gideon at all, so I really enjoyed the character of Rossi. I just didn't I like didn't, either of them very much. I didn't at first, but around the middle of Rossi's first season he really starts to grow on you. And he really, in a lot of ways, he's he's um, he's a very nurturing character. So when, yeah. he, so when his character gets settled, he kind of becomes the daddy. <laughs> the episode, um, which which one was the, oh, God. The one where he has everybody over to the house to learn how to make marinara sauce, that yeah. was the one that made me finally really like Rossi because it felt to me like, he wanted to make them family, and that, for me, was a big defining moment for him as a person. Now, I will say I did like the old one. Um, I think it was called Tabula Rosa, the one with the carnival that was his, like, cold case. Yeah. With the with the carnival people thing. And I don't want to talk about it much because there was a clown. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I know what but, you're talking about. But, yeah. <laughs> it, exactly. But... I, I liked that one just because it did seem like it brought the team closer together. But my favorite was that scene where he was making marinara with everybody at the house. Reed showed up late because he was still kind of upset about the whole Gideon thing, but he still showed up. And then it was just kind of like the whole team was there and he was very, this is how you do this. And he just kind of, it ended on like him just being super awesome and teaching everybody how to make marinara sauce the right way. <laughs> <laughs> I do have my royal farm called Bitchy Farms. It used it's to be true. Harvest My Damn Trees. So, <laughs> well, mine got reset and I don't have a name for it yet. As soon as it lets me, though. <laughs> I'm dragging! Sorry. I have a hedgehog. I I saw. I want, I want my own. Yeah. How much was he? Or was he like actual currency? Yeah, no, he wasn't actual currency. But I did have to play a um, like a special tournament to get him, like a special no. mission. Mission. There was a mission. You'll you'll get to it eventually. Um, oh, okay. As long as I could still get him, because I was gonna be super fucking sad if I couldn't get my head. No, it's just a mission. I had to do a mission, and I'm not sure, you know. But um, I want a unicorn. I can't get a fucking unicorn. I I, I really want one. They don't have one in the game yet, or you just haven't gotten to one yet? I haven't gotten to one yet. It's, it's well, really that's annoying. That's fucking rude. They need to they need to hand over the they need to hand over the fucking unicorn. <laughs> right? <laughs> hand me that bitch. I want my horn. We can't sacrifice him, but we can at least enjoy him. <sighs> but anyways, <laughs> um.
I don't know, Jelly Bean. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. It says we only have 11 minutes remaining. We should talk about cock. (laughs) (laughs) I, someone actually, um, I'm not sure if it was a comment on my website or in my email. Oh, me. I need to leave a comment on LJ for my question. But... (laughs) But there was a, um, there was a... Is it on uh, your live journal or is it on your actual website? What, Ask Me Anything? Yeah. It's on my website. Um, okay. Because I kept doing it on sure Tumblr and I felt bad. It might have been an email where this, this person was talking about how um, sexually confident I make Harry in the adult stories that I write. And, um... I think that well, they weren't like annoyed with it. They were like they were praising it, you know, that they appreciated oh, okay. um, the maturity of of his character in that regard. And I'm going to tell you why that is. And this is going to sound really terrible, and um, I'm not sorry. I find inexperience or Lack of sexual confidence. Then, um, if they're not confident, I, that's not sexy. You gotta know what oh. you're doing. And you gotta be willing to go there. And if you're not, that's just not sexy. I'm. It's just not. That is that is a bigger turn off than a little dick. Yeah. I mean, at least. <sighs> okay. I've <laughs> I've met dudes with little dicks that have been way overconfident, like. Motherfucker, your shit is tiny, and yeah, you can tell me that it's not the motion of the ocean, but the size of the boat, but I'll tell you what, it fucking takes forever to get to London and Dingy, so your ass better be you know how to eat. <laughs> it takes forever um, to get to London and a Dingy. <laughs> oh, God. I am just saying. I am just agreeing. Um, <clears throat> like... But yes, so confidence that's why is attractive. Write, but overconfidence is not. I tend to write at least one um one of the characters into um a situation. And I guess it could be a power dynamic. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to um say it one way or another, but um I do find um someone why do I have a gnome? knowledgeable Sexy, and if you don't know what you're doing, I don't want you to put your shit anywhere near my shit. <laughs> I I will tell you right now, if General Randolph Rampart or Admiral Admiral, I am sorry, Admiral Rampart walked into the fucking room, I would be like, if your wife wouldn't kill me, I would come say hello. But your wife would murder me in my sleep, and I like living. <laughs> it's General. He's a Marine. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, I don't know why. Admiral. Admiral. Whatever. Patrick. In what might have been, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something, um, but I forgot what it was. Mm, I might. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Don't tell mom; she'll be me for encouraging you. <laughs> I don't need any encouragement. <laughs> I know. I stepped out the womb this way. I stepped out of the womb, Stabity. And I will go out, Stabity. Fuck you if you don't like it. 
I forgot what I was going to say. That means I'm old, right? No. Okay. That's good. (laughs) What the fuck was I going to say? I don't even remember what we were talking about. Oh, now I know what I was going to say. In my story, Her Secret, um, someone made a comment um, that really put me off. And I was like, I don't even, what? Because it's like you didn't get my story at all. Oh, is this uh, like and, that, mm, that mm, comment I freaked out about? Oh, no, it's different. I didn't. I didn't approve of okay. the comment. The comment was basically. I wasn't sure if it was on par. Harry had a lot to learn about punishment, and I thought to myself, "Are you completely unaware that that whole scene isn't about punishment? That it's about no. mastering her desire and." It's about establishing his, that he wants to understand her and, and be what she needs. Establishing his dominance. It isn't about punishment. Yeah. He's not actually punishing her for her behavior. He is demonstrating his ability and his willingness to give her what she wants and what she needs. Yeah. It's Harry saying, hey, I love you and this is something that I want too. We are compatible in this. And, and it, it, it was really missed it. And it wasn't supposed to be punishment. And it wasn't supposed to be punishment. It was and it didn't even approach it in, in my mind. That that's not what it was about. The only that's reason not I, what I, I got. The, and the thing is, is domestic discipline isn't punishment either, for those of you who are not aware. Um domestic discipline <sighs> is sexual spanking. It's, it's, I wouldn't even categorize it as a genuine act of BDSM. No, it's um, it's honestly not. It's maybe a kinky like foray a into hey, we like this. It's a fetish, but I wouldn't. I mean, um, yeah, this one really isn't even dominance. It doesn't have to be. It, it's it's it's. It's Some not women about like that. to get their asses spanked. I happen to be one of them. <laughs> I fall in that category as well. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> but that's the whole thing is that, that none of it was about um um discipline. It, it it really was not about him punishing her for hiding. To me it was an establishment of we are compatible in this way and I want you to be able to comp- be confident in our relationship enough to be able to come talk to me about these things even though your last relationship was shit and we still should kill him. <laughs> We should totally still kill him. But yeah, so that was that kind of put me off. I'm like, did I did I not convey that? I mean, I, I was no, it was perfectly readable like that though. Sometimes when somebody says something and I I realize they don't get my point, they they didn't get my point. I think to myself, did I not convey my point? Did it did it not get through? Did I not accomplish my goal? And it's really. That's where I went when I got that comment that I, like, cried all over you about. That's where I was with that. I was like, holy fuck. So, which is which is why I was freaking out so bad, because I was like, oh, God, is this a fuck? I don't want this linked to ties that bind if this is the association that people get. But then you kind of, like, slapped me and were like, no, they're crazy. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, they're crazy. But, yeah, sometimes when you write something and you're thinking, please, please get it, and they don't. Mm. But then you have somebody who's really awesome who totally gets it and lets you know. Like when I'm 
I have an EAD story called Courting Hermione, where Sirius tells Harry a story about a girl he knew in Hogwarts that that he loved, and she eventually killed herself, and she was forced through marriage contract to remain a virgin. And this is a it was a it was a direct mirror to Hermione's situation where she was in this situation willingly and here was this woman who was forced into it by her parents and almost forced to marry somebody and because she didn't want to marry him and her autonomy was destroyed, she killed herself. And this was basically a, a little I don't think I've read that one yet. It's in um it's on my EAD. Um, it's called Courting Hermione. Okay. I have, um, I have eleven chapters up. Um, well, I guess I know what I'm doing the rest of the evening. <laughs> and it was about it, it. It was a mirror, a a mirror verse of of Hermione's situation, where you know Herm, Hermione was allowed to have um, to, to own herself and to own her future, and this girl was not, and and this was the result of that. And one of the commenters got it. And she commented, I was like, yes, thank you. I'm, oh, I'm so glad you saw <laughs> that. And it's, it's so awesome when someone does catch it and, and they and they tell you. So if you see a writer doing something like that and acknowledge it, because it is amazing that it that not only she saw what I had done, but that she told me about it too and that she was really, you know, that she was thought it was great. So when you see a writer doing something like that and they're really demonstrating a piece of craft to you, um, tell them because it's amazing and they will really, really super appreciate it. It lets us know that we've done what we set out to do. Yeah. So. And thank you guys for saying um, that in the chat. I, I really appreciate it. Um, Courting Hermione is um, a uh, labor of love for me. I don't... It's... Um, it's all romance and, and no sex, and it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to to write that and um, to write Harry in this situation where he um, that he falls in love with a woman who. Um, Fifty-seven seconds left. And just, did you see Jilly's comment about what she's doing with the shepherds? Oh, I'm I'm, I'm totally on board with you doing filthy naughty things to all the shepherds, Jilly. <laughs> just yeah, I I trust you. Anyways, we know you'll treat them well. And um, you guys have a great weekend. I won't be on tomorrow because tomorrow's a mom day. Um, Watch my Twitter in case anything happens. Uh, But I will be probably on Sunday. So I'll catch you guys later. Say goodnight, Senna. Goodnight, Senna. (laughs) 